Hey, it's Graham. Our past in-depth guests have shared so many inspirational stories from overcoming adversity to helping their communities and even bettering themselves or all of the above. We're sharing one of these uplifting stories from the archives each Thursday, and we hope they'll serve as a small slice of positivity in your day. This week, John Paul DeJoria. So you met Paul Mitchell in 1971 at a Miami hair show. Um, what was it about that interaction that made you guys just click? We had a friend, a mutual friend named Eva Prang, who I really respected a lot. And she would say, you gotta meet Paul Mitchell. I heard of him before, he's a great hairdresser. And uh, we just met. And for some reason, we just hit it off. Nine years after I first met Paul, he was trying to come out with a product line called PM, where it was a couple of shampoos and a conditioning treatment. And uh, it just didn't go anywhere. I said, Paul, one, the product could be a lot better. And number two, you have no business, no infrastructure, no nothing. But I have pals that'll help us formulate. How about we do this? Let's start a company. You own 30%, I own 30%, and we give 40% to somebody that'll invest a half a million dollars in us. We need a half a million bucks to start this company. Great idea, JP, let's do it. And of course, uh, the money never came in. So we started with $700. So when all of a sudden the investor who you were planning on putting in a half a million dollars at the last minute backs out, how do you handle that? Oh, first of all, total disappointment. I was run down by a friend of mine who told me that the backer pulled out. And he said, JP, I know it's last minute. He never invested a dime in it. Last minute change, but now this is January, February, 1980. Inflation in the United States, 12.5%. Unemployment, 10.5% in 80 and 81. Interest rates, if you could get a loan, prime rate was 17% and our hostages were still in Iran. Can you imagine? So the guy says, you can't really you know, invest in the United States now, it's just, it's just not right. You're starting a company with $700 when you're expecting to have uh, half a million. You have this yeah. you know, uh, famous hairstylist as a partner that you know, was counting on you to deliver this investor sure. and you know, the, the pressure's on, obviously, but what was the lowest point? You asked me a question no one's ever asked me yet. Very good, okay? The lowest point was, telling Paul when he came over, and when I found out, Paul, there's no money. How much money do you have in your pocket? He says, well, I could afford an extra 350 bucks, JP. That's it. And we're starting to come, I left everything I did, no money, and then like came on, wait a minute, I've been here before, but I've got a couple hundred dollars in my pocket, I've got a car, I can stay in my car for now, I'll park on Mulholland Drive, and I went to my mom, and I said, mom, can I borrow $350? Her reaction was, why? You make big money. I said, Mom, I'm doing something new. I'll tell you about it later. I'll give it to you at the end of the month. Okay, she gave it to me. Well, little did she know at the time that, you know, so I started the company. And then I would call up the guy who had the bottles. And I'd say, instead of 100,000 bottles, can I have 10,000 bottles of sample run? Oh, sure, JP, no problem. Everybody thought we had the backer and everything because we told them about it. Right. And all our bills were to be paid in 30 days. So right. we scrambled out there to get it going. It was low, but I bounced right out of it. What was the closest you ever came to giving up? Every week for probably two years, we should have given up because we had little to no money and could never pay our bills on time, but didn't. But was that ever actually going through your head? Like, is this worth it? Should 
should I, I keep going? Or even though it was tough, you were kind of unrelenting in your commitment to driving forward? The only thought in my head, even though we couldn't pay our bills on time for almost two years, was our product is so darn good. Hairdressers love it. They know a good product. We have no money for advertising and promotion, but if we could get in enough hairdressers' hands, and it was one hairdressing salon at a time, they realize how good it is, want to use it, and recommend it to their family for in-between visit use. And we told hairdressers, by gosh, we'll always stay in the professional hair care industry. So even today, if you ever find a Paul Mitchell product on a grocery store shelf or a drugstore shelf, all of it, is either counterfeit or from what they call the gray black market or diversion. We don't put it there. We stay only by hairdressers. They supported us when no one believed in us. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week and every week sharing full-length, long-form interviews on Mondays and shorter, uplifting stories on Thursdays. We'd love to hear from you with ratings and reviews. Also, do you prefer the longer podcast episodes or the Thursday shorts? Excited to get your take, and thanks again for listening.